When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Monday, December 4th, 2023. This is another edition of Football Today. You know that, dude. Bobby Skinner from the Talking Giants world. I am Chris Rose. Producer Mikey is along the way as well. Giants had a bye. Does that give you a relaxing Sunday? Oh, absolutely. And I went old school this week. I didn't watch Red Zone. I watched three games. I watched Broncos, Texans, uh, you know, then the Eagles, 49ers. Uh, and then the then the Sunday night football game. So I went old school with it. Uh, Saturday spent the whole day at the Kennedy Space Center, which was a lot of fun. So hmm. uh, good good weekend. Are you a uh, are you a, a scientist, a rocket watcher? Is that your dude? Is that your thing? well? So they it's, it's where I live is where they happen. So I've always just been kind of interested and always, like I've watched every single documentary on Netflix or whatever on on hmm. space travel. Uh so yeah, I mean, I loved it there. Like, I'm I'm ready to, you know, if I have kids, like they're going to be the ones going out to Mars on Artemis. Excellent. You and the astronaut Josh Dobbs, you you guys could hang out a little bit. Yeah, he is yeah. fascinating guy, fascinating guy. But the Vikings had a bye week, so we're not going to talk about them. We are going to talk about the NFC rematch, which goes in San Francisco's favor. Boy, they just dusted Philly at the link, winning this one by 23. Are the Niners like? a level better than the Eagles or was that just 60 minutes of really good football for San Francisco? I don't think they're like a, like, I don't think they're like on like the Eagles are better than the Seahawks type of that. But yeah, I think they're like clearly better. Right. And this is why we talked about on Friday, like the 49ers are road favorites um, in bad weather in Philadelphia. Like, and they just kind of bullied them all game after those first couple of drives. Right. And they had the Eagle, like, to me, the Eagles have more inferior position groups than the 49ers, mm-hmm. right? Whereas, like, the Eagles have inferior position groups at running back, linebacker, and safety. Safety, they can live with the guys they have, but they're not very good. Well, the really, the only disadvantage the 49ers have is, like, their offensive line is worse than the Eagles. But you have Trent Williams on that offensive line and, you know, Aaron Banks, who I like, and some other decent guys. Um, so, I mean, they just had their the Eagles linebackers in hell all game long like they were able to do whatever they wanted i mean brock pretty 0 for 4 on the first two drives after that 19 to 23 16 and a half yards per completion with no throws over 20 yards too by the way like they didn't throw over they didn't even attempt to throw the ball over 20 yards one single time and they were getting 16 and a half yards per pop so you were talking about you know that san francisco was a favorite coming in this game even though they were on the road and then the nasty weather i'm gonna tell you something some people have a bias about West Coast teams that you think because you live and you play on the West Coast that you're soft or whatever. This, this is as physical a team as we've got in the NFL. They are tough as hell mentally, physically. They will beat you up, and that's the way they play football. And it is so well demonstrated with a guy like Debo, who they finally, un- I felt like, unlocked for the first time this season. It was a season high in scrimmage yards. He just looked like he was playing at a different speed and a different power level because he's a guy that can touch the ball 
five to seven times in a game, but you're going to get two or three plays, which could alter the outcome of the entire afternoon. That's exactly what happened. I mean, you got 140 yards and three touchdowns, um, you know, and they were able to like, like all, four of their five touchdowns, Chris, were about breaking tackles and blocking mm-hmm. downfield with Debo and, and the offensive lineman getting down in screens or wide receivers blocking. Like they out physical them. You know, they they essentially bullied them on both sides of the ball. Like the Eagles running game, their offensive line, how good they are, their backs had nine carries for 20 yards. Hertz only had 20 yards on seven carries. Like they bullied them on both sides of the ball. Um, and like even like AJ Brown, you're gonna look at his box score stats and say, Oh, well, he had a good game, had over 110 yards, and he did, right? Like, but for the AJ Brown standard, Javarius Ward held him in check in the red zone. Right. And that's the difference of the game being seven to six after the 49ers third drive or 14 to seven. Um, so they 49ers survived those first couple drives. And then after that, I mean, it was it was never even close. I know earlier this year when the Niners had that three game losing streak, we both kind of echoed the same sentiment, which was we're not concerned as long as Trent Williams and Debo Samuel are coming back. And the stats would back that philosophy up. Right. Because the Niners are nine and oh in games in which. Debo and Trent Williams start and finish the games. That's the key thing here. So as long as those two dudes stay upright and Christian McCaffrey's healthy and their quarterback can't be blowing out his elbow on the third play of the game like he did last year at the NFC title game, there's no reason why they certainly won't be in the NFC title game. And if they're in Las Vegas in the middle of February, I'm not going to be like, wow, how'd they get here? Yeah. I mean, and McCaffrey had five and a half. Like, we didn't even talk about McCaffrey, who had five and a half yards per carry, had a couple big catches. Um, and here's the beautiful, the beautiful thing about the 49ers, right? Because I still think this is the NFC championship game we're going to see, right? Which, Hey, the NFL, there's no type of sport where adjustments matter more than football, but the beauty of Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers and, and Brock Purdy specifically, who, again, obviously he's not like one of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL, but he gets discredited because of, for that is the type of QB where, okay. You want to stop all these yak and screen plays? Well, then we're going to hit you over the top. We're going to hit you over the top with Ayuk, and Debo's going to get a, a, a big play, and we're going to use Kittle in that 10 to 20-yard range. So they just have answers for basically everything yep. that you want to do. Um, and that was that was an ass-kicking yesterday. Uh, before we move on from this game, what do you think of the whole thing between Dre Greenlaw and big old security, the head of security for Philly, Dom? Big Dom. Um, yeah, don't put your hands on players. It's pretty, it's pretty simple. Like simple. there's, I, I don't even care if you talk shit from the sideline, just like, this isn't high school football. Don't put your hands on players. Know your place on the sideline. It's, it's, you know, it, it's kind of silly to me that, that, that happened. I will be. So did you see the video of like the kid who got his, uh, yeah, his, um, taken away? Yeah. From, like, so if they did that to him, you can only imagine that they're going to set an example with this guy, probably he probably won't be on the sideline for the rest of the year. Oh, but but he got the Fox crew into the uh, dinner place, so that 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 was the big. I'm sorry, and I love. Did you those know guys. who Big Dom was before this? Because everybody was talking like he's some famous guy. I mean, no, I saw he had the Italian hat. Yeah, but here's the deal. I'm not, you know, I'm not on the road that much, so that's fine. I mean, the guy's worked there since '99. I get it. He might be a wonderful dude that just made a mistake, but if this game had been close and the Niners were without one of their stud players on defense, and the Eagles were without their security guard, like you can't even flag the Eagles for what happened there because you can't flag non-players or coaches. It's it's in the rule book. 
so to me, this is a this is a huge embarrassment for the league if they don't come down and severely penalize the Eagles. Like Burkhart and Olsen were joking around, like, hey, that's Dom who got us into our favorite restaurant. Like, look at Dom, he's gonna be the most popular guy. What they should have been like was that's fucked up and that could affect this game. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And it's and it's not like it's not like Greenlaw had an over the top reaction, right? Like there's well, he touched him in the face, which is a no no. Yeah, but like it was basically like an equal reaction, which sometimes I hate when like who was Jawan Howard? Remember when he like threw oh. punches and people are like, Well, the first guy touched him. Like, relax. He put his hand on his chest to talk to him. Right. That doesn't deserve that type of reaction. This wasn't an over top the re- uh, reaction from Greenlaw. Like I thought it was pretty tame for some random like you you have, you don't know who that guy is like he's not a coach some random person putting their hands on you like so uh, like good on greenlaw even though he did get ejected i thought for not for having the like reaction to not go over the top and get himself in more trouble than uh than he needed to be in yeah i think it could i think it could have gotten the nfl down a dangerous road if this had become a close game and philly would have won it I mean, listen, I don't know how much a linebacker changes things, but he's a pretty damn good player. And it just, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. That's all. That's all. Um, Okay, let's move on to Sunday night football. What a great win by the Packers, who now slide in as the seventh seed. Are you more interested in Jordan Love's continued development or the Chiefs' struggles? They come into Monday night's football game currently as the four seed in the AFC playoff chase. Yeah, the Chiefs are what we thought they were all season long, Rose, despite the fact that, you know, they were eight and two, uh, you know, a few weeks ago or whatever it was. Jordan loves development, right? We came, we said it coming into this week. Like, yeah, they've schemed up some stuff for him. He's been able to create big plays. Like, that's awesome. But he's also hasn't been very efficient. Like we talked about the second worst completion percentage in the NFL to Zach Wilson. This game versus the best defense completed 70% of his passes, hitting guys all over the field, not living off of just big plays. The most points scored on the Chiefs defense this year with no Aaron Jones. Like we talk about the Chiefs issues because, you know, you think of Pat, oh, they have Patrick Mahomes, but their defense has been keeping them alive. Their defense is one of the best in the NFL, a top five unit. And Jordan Love looked better than any QB that's really faced that defense. Um, so I thought he played his best game of the year versus the best defense um, and looked good doing it, right? Wasn't just living off of explosives, just was patient, took what was there, then took shots when he was needed. Um, yeah, like Packers fans have to be thrilled after the start of the season where it looked like he probably wasn't the guy. Bobby, I actually think that it's it's bigger than just that. Um, let's spin our discussion back like five or six weeks, and we were like, Jordan Love ain't it. Like, I really think that that's how the way we felt. We were like, it. I know it's been like maybe 10 NFL starts for him or even less than that, and we were like, it just doesn't feel like this is it. I think regardless of whether or not the Packers make the playoffs this year, I think they can look at their quarterback and say, yes, we're going to do this at least another year. And as he continues to develop now, we don't know what happens behind the scenes. Hopefully he's a a great worker and a great kid. And Lafleur and the rest of that coaching staff can see the progress he's making in practice and all that sort of stuff and feel like maybe he's not Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre, but damn it, we can win a hell of a lot of football games with this kid. Because I think six weeks ago there were a few of us that were ready to move on from him. Yeah, and again, he like I don't, I don't come away from these last three weeks and say, oh well, we've got our next young best quarterback in the NFL no, no, type no, 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 guy. No. But you see a good like you see good quarterback play, and like and again, like I know he's had some years to develop, and that does help more than people give credit. But like 
like playing the game is where your real development happens and you've seen linear growth from him um and we i mean i said it on friday in the preview it was like I, what i want to see out of him is like play efficiently don't just live off mm-hmm. of the big play and the chiefs the chiefs like kind of baited him like forced him to play that way and he did right and again this is not a guy who's being dragged by stars aaron jones out christian watson i think is a good player but he's not a, a drag you type you know type of player um, although I do think they'll miss him if this hamstring injury lingers so that over the next few weeks. And then you've got Romeo Dobbs, you know, uh, uh, Wicks, you know, like Tyler Kraft, the tight end. Like they they are not some star driven team. They're missing back to the left tackle, even though that offensive line continues to produce guys out of the mid round. So, yeah, you got to be impressed with Jordan Love. And I think we all feel confident they're probably going to be a playoff team, right? Um, they're going to have a, they're going to have a shot at it. Their, their schedule after last night gets, uh, considerably softer, but I'm not going to play that game because I just watched the Steelers lose by a couple touchdowns to the Arizona Cardinals. So we're going to, we're going to do it because it's natural over the next five weeks of the season to say, well, this team's definitely okay because here's their schedule. Bang, 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 bang. And then every year we all get bitten in the ass because somebody ends up winning where you're like, I can't believe that happened. Yeah. I just look at the Giants and Panthers as look at those. It's like, I know, pretty easy. Like, like you got to choke those type of games to lose them. But and then you happens. have the Bucks, Vikings, and Bears, who are definitely they're both they're winnable but also losable games too. Yes. Um. One last point, and you talked about it with the skill position players, um, out at wide receiver and tight end. They're all first and second year guys, all of them. So it's they're crazy. all going to grow up together. That could be cute, but man, if they drop one stud somewhere in there, I think that could be really, really fun for them moving to 2024 and beyond. But good job. Good job by Jordan Love. All right, AFC wildcard as it stands, uh, as of right now, the Steelers are the five, the Browns are the six, the Colts are the seven, but are the Texans, who are on the outside looking in, more of a lock than all of those three teams, let's say? I mean, I think so, because you just have one superior QB play than all those teams. And then they play the Jets, Browns, and uh, Colts, right? The Colts and Browns are in there. Mm -hmm. The Browns are going to be tough. That defense, no matter how bad they are on offense, that defense always gives them an opportunity. Um, And then you play the Titans twice, right? Which those, again, you you don't mark any of those games down as like, oh, for sure wins. Like I feel like the Packers have with the Giants and the Panthers. Um even though the Jets are a train wreck right now. But I'm just like, this Texas team is fun, right? And I I said it on – I keep on referencing Friday, but look, I want to see the young players step up in this game, right? And Stroud didn't have his best game, but he did step up and make plays. And Tank Dell goes out, right? Which, again, that's – that really – Horrible. That really makes it harder for them to win and be good going forward. Like, I really feel for Tank Dell. But Nico Collins steps up, goes nine catches, 191 yards, and one touchdown. Dalton Schultz out, who's been one of my most, like, guys who I think is one of the more underrated. Brevin Jordan out of Miami, who's like this speedy tight end, gets three catches for 64 yards. They they use him the right way. They, they don't try to use him like Dalton Schultz. They put him in crossers, get him in space, and let him run. Um and then on the defensive side, Will Anderson Jr. Like again, I said on Friday, step up. Have have this be a Will Anderson Jr. takeover game. Two sacks, two tackles for a loss, four QB hits, a block punt, a tip pass that led to an interception for Derek Stingley. So the young guys showed up on this young team, and to me, that speaks to a team that is very well coached. And I think we all can say that about D'Amico Ryan's, Bobby Slowick. 
that this team is very well coached for what the expectations were. Yeah, I think if they're a lock more so than all three of those teams. Ooh-wee. So Pickett is having surgery, and he's going to be out anywhere from two to four weeks. So now the Mitchell Trubisky show is back on the NFL train tracks. Are you excited for that, by the way? No. I The Steelers are another team where it's like, if you just put like a decent quarterback in there, they could. No. I, and In short, no, I'm not excited for the Mitchell Trubisky Pittsburgh Steelers. By the way, a week from Saturday, you know, it's the middle game of the NFL Network triple header. It is Pittsburgh at Indianapolis. That's big, big right one. there. I, I, you can argue Indy's the second best team out of out of those four, which mm-hmm. is a shame because that Browns defense is so damn good. Well, um, except that the Browns defense, I'm telling you this, they just got torched by the Rams. Didn't force a turnover, didn't sack Matthew Stafford on Sunday. Really, Joe Flacco was not the problem in that game. He did have a disastrous interception midway through the fourth quarter. Yeah, I saw but that. For a guy who didn't play at all, wasn't with a team during the summer or anything, I actually thought he played exceptionally well. For a guy who literally came off the couch less than two weeks ago, but the Browns' defense, that's what worries me. Now, they're going to have a shot, and I think that if any of these teams get to 10 wins, they, they're going to feel pretty good. Now, it might come down to crazy tiebreakers, and we might have two 10-win teams on the outside looking in, but I don't think so because a bunch of them do play each other. Yeah. Now, I do have more, like, I, that Browns' defense performance yesterday, I still look – like. Stafford is the type of guy who, like, throws those disguised looks and says, "I'm just going to throw deep on you." Like that, um, was it Nakua who had the, yeah. the deep play o- over the slot, where it's like it's a disguised look, and the one play that beat that is like a slot go, which is like who who runs those in the NFL? Really, nobody. Uh, and who and who throws them when they're there? Only Stafford is one of those guys, um, which will be interesting to see C.J. Stroud versus that defense, which is another huge test for him. Um, yeah, I, I haven't like went deep into the schedule like we did a week ago, but it's like so. The Texans again. I do feel like the Texans are a lock. I I feel like it they are too. The Steelers' schedule is so bad, but it's like the Steelers are just as bad on offense, right? And we looked at the Cardinals, and, and the Cardinals were able to beat them. Um, the Browns. I do think the Browns get in. I do. Mm. And then it's it's so then you're like Colts, Steelers. Bron- you know the Broncos are a game back, but I don't. I didn't. I, I feel kind of good about the Broncos after that game last, yesterday too, where they really fought back and had a chance at the end. Um, so if you ask me to the three best teams, it's Texans, Broncos, Browns. But I don't. Texans are the only one I'm confident that's making the playoffs. I guarantee you, a week from today, we're going to be going. All right, well, here's your last four games for each one of these teams, and who's got the easiest schedule and all that sort of stuff. And it's all going to blow up it. in our face. I love it. I love it. It is. By the way, it could come down to week 18. Texans at Indy. Week 18. That's your Sunday night game, folks. Tell oh, it's Tariqa. always the AFC South. Yeah. yeah. But that but that one could be fun to watch. Gardner Minshew, I, I will get on the table and, and pound the table on this one. Gardner Minshew is the new Jameis Winston. He will keep your team in the game and the other team in the game. And that's what makes him so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I'm on board with that. All right, the Dolphins, they crushed the Commanders by 30 thanks to a pair of 60-plus-yard touchdowns from Tyreek Hill. Where is he right now in your MVP conversation? So I, I want to just have this conversation now. 
because I know we've like we talked about it a little bit. Through 12 games, he has 94 catches, 1,500 yards, essentially 12 touchdowns. I, you know, people hate the on pace game, but 12 games through the season, we can play the on pace game. Yes, we can. On pace for 133 catches, six highest of all time. 2,098 yards, first all time by 134 yards. Obviously, the extra game helps with that. 17 touchdowns, six all time on a team that leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns. Right. So it's not stat padding for Tyreek Hill, right? Where in that Calvin Johnson record year, you can argue that there was some stat padding. Like they were playing from behind. They were throwing the ball late in fourth quarters. You had a gunslinger in Matt Stafford who just fired it in there. This is a Dolphins offense who's just doing what's best for them, running efficiently. Like, like, and I, someone who's rooting for Tyreek Hill to win the MVP and get it away from the QBs for the first time since 2012. Like, I was watching them hand the ball off in the red zone to score touchdowns, and I was a little frustrated. Um, and the biggest thing to me is not just this amazing year that he's having, but it's like you the argument for the quarterbacks are just not there to me, right? Like they're really the only one that I feel like you can't really pick at too much. It's Dak. But even then, it's like, is Dak's season that fantastic to take away from this MVP case? I do think that Dak can build a really strong case over the next couple of weeks, right? He's got the Eagles on Sunday night. He still has at Buffalo and at Miami. Those are that that's an opportunity to build your resume on national TV, right? Agreed. You're the game in town and you're a Dallas Cowboys quarterback. I think all of that helps and the fact that he has just been phenomenal this year. Yeah. Um but if he goes one and two in those games, which we've come to know the Cowboys to do that type of stuff, can you then like that 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 tanks his case, even if totally. he's looking good in those games. Totally. Absolutely. But I'm just saying that it's there in front of him. Agree. If he and, does. Yeah. Yeah. We're on the same page there. Do you know off the top of your head, how many wide receivers have won the NFL MVP? Zero. Zero is correct. We have had a linebacker in Lawrence Taylor. We've had a defensive lineman in Allen page. We have even had a kicker in Mark Mosley. win of the freaking MVP of the a kicker. Won the MVP of the league, but never Jerry Rice never did it. Randy Moss never did it. Uh, Antonio Brown in his amazing seasons never did it. Nobody ever did it. And so maybe this is the year. I, f- I feel like you just you need this to happen for the MVP voting once every t- 10, 11 years, even if it's always acute. Like you just remind, hey, it can be done where like I thought Justin Jefferson should have been a second to like Justin Jefferson, amazing year last year. Right. Mm-hmm. But Mahomes had a great year. Right. So if a QB has this great year, I get it. Right. So Mahomes should have won the MVP last year, but I thought Jefferson should have been second, but it's all the other QBs, right? Like CJ Stroud. He has eight more touchdowns than Tyreek Hill does eight, a quarterback over receiver. Brock Purdy probably has the best box score stats. Brock Purdy is not going to win the MVP. Mm-mm. Even if you want to make the argument for him, it's not going to happen. Dak, again, I think has the best chance to challenge for it. Lamar is in there, but he's 19th in passing yards per game. You say, well, what about the rushing? He's having his worst rushing volume right. year by far this season. So it's just like you it's hard to make a strong argument for any of these. Like there's no one quarterback to make the argument. So my question is, will enough people be willing to vote for a receiver? And will the QB vote be spread out enough for Tyreek Hill to actually get a chance? But you're not really hearing anything of it. And MVP is a storyline. It's a it's a it's a media storyline award, and I'm just not seeing it being said. Besides, 
me every week on this show. No, I, I do think people, but I think people say it, but they gloss over it. I will be very disappointed if Tua finishes higher in the MVP voting than Tyreek Hill, and if Brock Purdy finishes higher than Christian McCaffrey. I wouldn't be mad if Purdy finished higher than McCaffrey. Really? But I would like McCaffrey to finish higher than Purdy. He he just changes the dynamic of the way the entire offense is run. The entire offense is run. And we can sit here and argue, go in circles about how important Brock Purdy is. Do you just can you drop him in there and make him successful? Or is has he kind of accelerated Kyle Shanahan's offense a little bit? So we can do that. But is there any way that Tua gets more MVP votes than Tyreek Hill? I really hope not. I really I know that. I'm not saying you hope not. I want to know. Do no, you I, don't, I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. I, I, I don't think so because I don't think Tua is really in the conversation with the quarterbacks right now. He, beginning of the season, he was. Now he's not. Oh, I agree. I, I just, They've been quietly very good, but like they're not getting the same hype they got at the beginning of the season. It's going to be interesting. Could be a fun final five weeks for a whole variety of reasons. The weather might be cooling down, but the action on the field stays hot. And today we've teamed up with DraftKings, an official partner of the NFL, to get you closer to the action. Right now, new customers who bet just $5 will get $150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code FOOTBALL today. Fan of multiple teams and want to bet on them all? Combine multiple bets together for a shot and even bigger payout. If sports betting is not yet available in your state, not to worry. You can still join in all the fun with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports. That's awesome. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers use promo code FOOTBALL today. Bet just $5 on any wager and get $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code FOOTBALL today. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You'll be glad you did. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, I, I was doing the Browns-Rams game on Browns Radio. And John Hussey was the lead referee for the crew. And I think that John got paid by the word yesterday because my man was just explaining everything left and right. I was like, holy smokes. Come on, John, let's get this thing going. He had a very interesting, uh, there was a challenge on an Elijah Moore catch to see whether or not he got his hip in bounds before his foot hit out of bounds. And here is Hussey's explanation of why they didn't reverse the call. That's right, Elijah Moore's butt cheek hit inbounds. Do we need a little more personality out of the refs when they're delivering the goods to the fans? No, I'm going to be old man in the clouds. I want the refs to have as little personality as possible. Um, like, hey, you can do like there's I forget the ref's name, but he's he's pretty yoked up, and every, every Ed Hock, it was Ed Ed Hockley. His son Sean is now a ref. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's flexing in every movement, right? Like, he gets a workout in every penalty that he gives. Um, but I'm glad that the NFL – obviously, there's referees who we, like, don't like. But I'm glad that the NFL doesn't have the NBA, where it's like these refs, are, like, will make a show out of themselves. So, I'm, I'm, I want as little personality as possible coming from the referees. Yeah, but there are a couple of calls, like the Ben Dreyfe giving him the business is always a legendary one. Red Cashin, I think, was his name that used to go. He'd, he'd explain the penalty and go, that results in a first down. And he's got this, you know, this twang to him. And so 
I don't know. There's it's always good to have a couple oh, of guys. The butt cheek thing, I don't mind that. That yeah. that stuff. But I don't I don't want I don't want us gassing these guys up. We're like, oh, I gotta I gotta top that the next time. So I I don't I don't I the butt cheek or whatever, or when they say, you know, false start everyone but the center, that's fine to me. Um, even though when it is technic technically from a football standpoint, when it's everyone but the center, it actually is the center who fucked up. But uh yeah, that stuff I'm fine with, but I, I don't, I don't want, I don't want us having our, you know, that's, our, that's our referees what, uh, trying to create their own names. That's how they should explain it over the mic. You see, I'm all in favor of this. When it is that everybody but the center, it should have been followed up by, yeah, but really, we all know the center fucked up. He should just give us like one extra line, and I think they should be able to swear and just go for it. Oh, that's great. Or just keep on like getting like. Here's if you want to have personality, accidentally hot mic yourself. Like, oop, I accidentally cussed into the, the whole entire yes. stadium. Like, if that's what you want to do, go for it. I'm I'm down for that. Like when there's a personal foul, like somebody did something. Like Isaiah Pacheco last night, he gets ejected from the game. Right? Uh, they they should have said person after you know the play, personal foul number ten, Kansas City. He was acting like an asshole and threw a punch like that. He should let's go for it. Or just like say, hey, right hook. Like you can de- you can describe what kind of punch right. it was, like uppercut, hook, over the top, like whatever, whatever you want to do. I love it. I love it. All right, uh, we are back at it again on Friday. Uh, everybody enjoy the Monday nighter. Good luck on the Thursday nighter. Getting through the Patriots and Steelers. Can't wait. Can't oh, wait. Gosh. The question is, will we talk about that game on Friday? Will the Patriots score more points than they have the last three weeks? And you say, well, that's going to be hard. Well, they've only scored 13, so I'm excited to see if they can do that. They're the first team since the 1938 Chicago Cardinals, I believe, to hold a team to 10 or fewer points in three straight games and not win any of them. I think that's what I heard. Is that possible? That's... That is, I mean, that is possible with this Patriots. Hold on, before we go, I want to do it real quick. I want to real quick. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do some real quick prep. Okay. Come on, Pro Football Reference, work for me. I told Chris got? Rose that I want to be real quick, and you're not helping me in this moment okay. Okay. as I pull up Mitchell Trubisky 2018 game log versus the New England Patriots. He went 26 of 50, 333 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Six carries for 81 yards? You know what? Maybe Trubisky will have himself a, a day. Oh, I expect the Steelers to come out. Tomlin was just great on the microphone. When his team loses and loses bad, he is the best to listen to. Well, they're going to oh. win. It's primetime Steelers. The prim- oh, the Steelers yeah. never lose in prime they time. They never lose in – no, they never lose in prime. In fact, the last time they lost a home Monday night game was over 30 years ago. Now, I know this is Thursday night, but we can throw that in the basket. That's insane. That's an insane stat. It's, yeah. it's an insane stat that you actually knew off the top of your head, too. Well, because I did the Browns-Steelers. And that was the first game I did on radio this year. It was a Monday nighter in Pittsburgh. Uh, so, yeah, I've got it somewhere in my notes, but that's it. Um. All right, listen. Shout out to producer Mikey. Always does a bang-up job. Uh, Bobby Skinner, continued success with the Talking Giants world. You guys are back in action. Go pick up Tommy. You know, have have Justin pick up Tommy DeVito and take him to work today or something. I had if I was up north, I had an opportunity to go play flag football with DeVito. No, you didn't. Um, yeah, true. but I wasn't up north. Wow, how is what are you talking about? 
So Wilson, there's a giant super fan who we're really good friends with, license plate guy. I don't know if you know him. They they were doing something with Wilson football, so they went and like did this flag football thing, and he asked me to come, but I'm I, I'm not up. I'm not as much as it would be cool. I wasn't going to come up north to play flag football with Tommy Cutlets. Also, I'm in favor of starting Tyrod Taylor, and the fan base is very strongly against that, and I don't care. Like I, I it's, it's something I've told myself. I'm going to tweet my opinion. And I am not listening to any of your arguments about vibes. And and we already know what we have in Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Tyrod Taylor should be the starter. All right. So uh, I imagine you'll be discussing that in the next mailbag call tomorrow. Okay, great. Love, love that. Go check it out, Giants fans. All right. So make sure you consume the content from Bobby Skinner, Justin, and all the good talking Giants people. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Friday, everybody, on Football Today.